Building influence is something anyone can learn. It's an investment you can make in yourself and it can hold the keys to achieving your dreams and having the life and impact you want to have. I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. I've learned a lot over three decades about building and sustaining influence and how using it and using it effectively can make a big, big difference in your life and career. Here on She Said, She Said podcast, we're digging into the different dimensions that help us build and sustain influence. If you thought being an influencer was just for social media, think again. Whether you're starting a business, raising money for a cause, negotiating a promotion, running your household, or trying to connect with those who don't share your views, understanding and using the different dimensions of influence will increase your chances of success, whatever your goals may be. Listening to She Said, She Said podcast is a smart, efficient investment you can make in you. I'm really glad you're here and I'm excited we're on this journey together. Hey friend, welcome to She Said, She Said. I ran across an interesting article last week that got my attention. It was from the Harvard Business Review and it was an interview given by Julie Sweet, who is the CEO of consulting firm Accenture. Julie was asked about the most important quality she looks for in new hires. You know, that one quality that she would single out above all else. Any idea what she said? Now, before you answer, think about why you listen to this podcast or any other podcast for that matter. What's the goal? Is there a goal? Why do you read the newspaper with any regularity? Is it a habit or is there a particular goal that you're trying to achieve? How about the last few books that you've read? Did you read them because you had a quota? Probably not. You probably did these things because they kept you informed and because you like doing them. And they're also important for keeping up with your knowledge base. Julie said the most important quality that she looks for in new hires is the ability to learn or to use her specific words, a person with learning agility. Now, when the interviewer asked Julie how to determine whether a person possesses that quality, that learning agility, Julie said, she asks, quote, what have you learned in the last six months that was not part of school? She then went on to explain that it's less about whether the person has recently taken up, let's say, learning Mandarin, even though that would certainly be very impressive. It's more about whether the person has a clear orientation toward lifelong learning, or again, to use her term, learning agility, and the habits that enable the person to create the time and the space to not only learn something new, but also to reflect and remember what that is. Now, back to my question about why you listen to podcasts like this one. Do you regularly write down and keep track of maybe one or two things that you learned? Or maybe something that caught your attention from the newspaper, or maybe a quote from a book that you're reading that you found particularly captivating? Or... What about maybe a career misstep or a failure? And then the story that you've crafted, at least in your own mind, about what happened. 
what is that story? And how have you framed it for yourself to share with anyone else who might ask you about it, maybe even a potential employer or a client who might ask you, what did you learn from this situation? That extra step of noting that thing you learned and making time to reflect on it is important because it has the potential to help you reinforce what's referred to in neuroscience as brain plasticity. Now, at its most basic, the brain is malleable, and it's often referred to as having attributes that are very similar to plastic. Habits, positive or negative, can impact the brain's wiring and specifically how we see and make sense of the world. I often talk about the concept of mindset on this podcast and in interviews, and specifically the difference between what's called a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. The idea that you have the potential to learn and to shift your thinking no matter how old you are, and an understanding that your attributes are not fixed, but can be impacted and shaped with practice. To be more specific, a person with a fixed mindset might say something along the lines of, quote, I'm just not a talented painter, versus someone with a growth mindset who might instead say, quote, I'm working to become a better painter. Now, that's a dramatically oversimplified explanation, but you get the idea. Essentially, it's the difference between the person who thinks that all traits are fixed and static versus the one who believes those attributes can be improved upon or even dramatically impacted through work and practice. Now let's play that concept forward regarding failure. When you constantly reinforce notions of failure and loss, you're creating wiring that makes your brain believe that failure is indeed the case versus when you constantly reinforce what you're learning and evaluate information and situations with curiosity that's aimed at what can I learn from this, it creates an entirely different mindset. Now, as an aside, curiosity is also key for building influence, a topic that we talk about all the time on this podcast. As I thought more about the questions of what's something you learned recently in a job context, I was also thinking about whether it makes sense to proactively talk about setbacks and failures in that context, even if you haven't been asked. Should you ever admit failure in a job interview? Now, of course, it probably depends on the circumstances, right? But I would argue that a well-told story about what you learned and how it changed your perspective or the way you'll do things going forward could provide great differentiating value for you as a candidate. At a minimum, making sure that you've thought about what value you gleaned from those positions that didn't go well or where it wasn't a good fit or where you were even fired maybe outright. It happens. The better you are at distilling the value and at crafting a story that reflects what you learned and how you're actually better off as a result, and perhaps most importantly, how you'll be able to articulate the value that you gain from the experience and how you'll apply it to the new opportunity. 
Last week in episode 193, I was joined by Buru founder and chief designer, the fabulous Morgan Hutchinson. Episode 193 concluded our collaboration series that I've been hosting and learning from, by the way, with the Southern Cooterie. I hope you've had a chance to check out the entire series as there is so much incredible perspective from such a wide array of female founders and entrepreneurs. And as an aside, even if entrepreneurship isn't your path, the challenges these women have faced and overcome and how they've built their businesses while also managing their lives, I think provides great perspective for you as well. Now, back to what I was saying, Morgan and I talked about so many topics in our conversation from her journey to entrepreneurship to motherhood and also struggles with mental illness. But one of the topics we discussed relates to today's topic, learning from and building off of failure. In Morgan's case, it relates to a previous company, a lingerie company that she founded with two friends that was called Passport Panties. When the sourcing manufacturer that they were using failed to meet a QVC deadline, Morgan's company missed what likely would have been a game changer that they needed to grow that company. Now, there's more to the story, which you can check out if you go back and listen to episode 193. But the bottom line is this. The lesson, while painful, gave Morgan a critical knowledge base of experience related to sourcing. And that knowledge ultimately shaped the way that she and her now business partner and husband, Brett, created and fund and source Buru. Friend, the thing about failure is that it absolutely can be the best teacher, but that's only true when we cease to hold on to the idea of failure and instead completely shift how we think about it, maybe not even calling it failure at all. Again, it's really mindset and your belief system that enables you to unlock lifelong learning and the value that can come with it. One of the reasons why Accenture and other firms and employers are so focused on a person's orientation as a learner is because that orientation also helps to create an environment and a culture that's focused on innovation. Often there are some simple tweaks that we as individuals can make in our day or our week that can help us create some positive habits that help us further cultivate and foster a lifelong learning mindset. I wanna share just a few that I use that I thought might work for you as well. As you invest time in listening to a podcast like this one, thank you, by the way, also build in a few minutes afterward for reflection. You can do the same thing with books that you're reading, news articles you're consuming, or even YouTube videos and lectures that you might be watching. Regularly ask yourself, what did I learn? How does this shape my thinking? Maybe also use the opportunity to dig a little deeper and find other sources with contrary points of view. It's also a great idea to incorporate a what I learned, I'm putting that in air quotes, what I learned section into your regular journaling, if journaling is something that you do with regularity. I'm much more likely to remember that thing that I learned when I take a minute to jot it down and I find that it's really fun to go back and look over those things at the end of the week or the month. 
with books that I'm reading. And I read a lot so that I can share things that I've learned with you. I'm also creating highlights in my Kindle. I have one of those electronic Amazon Kindle readers and I can print out the highlights to refer to them later. This is one of my tricks for consuming and processing so much information for interviews and for content for She Said, She Said podcast. You can also create a commonplace book, which you can use just for the purposes of capturing quotes and passages or concepts that you've read and that resonate with you and that you wanna save. You can also actually cut and paste quotes from your highlighted Kindle into your commonplace book. I love doing this, but of course you always do that with attribution. Now with something that's caught my attention, it almost always ends up on the pages of my journal as I sort through ideas and concepts, including those that I make a note to go maybe and dig a little deeper and go down the rabbit hole to understand better. Next, for whatever you've captured and saved, I think it's really important to ask yourself why. Why did this thing that I learned resonate? Why is it important? Why am I saving this? The practice of following up with why further builds curiosity. And of course, the more curiosity you have, the more of it you can build and it becomes self-propelling. Now, one more tip, and it's a bit of a plug for this podcast. Listening to podcasts like this one can further build both knowledge and listening skills. There's something that is very unique about the spoken word that I find can be a great way to consume information. I created She Said, She Said podcast with you in mind and with content that I hope will, on a week-to-week basis, inspire, inform, encourage, and give you additional perspective, whatever the personal or professional challenges are that you may be facing. So if you need one more reason to listen to She Said, She Said podcast, I hope you just found it. I'm sure you already have some great habits that help you build knowledge and curiosity. And as always, I would love to hear them. So please be sure to send them my way. Now, just a word about, or one more word I should say about influence. As I mentioned, curiosity is key for building influence. It's the key to good listening skills, which help us not only navigate challenging conversations, but also help us find areas of agreement. The person who is always learning, who is always challenging herself to grow, and who's always working to forge new relationships will be someone who also embodies the traits that make one truly influential. The key for the purposes of today's episode is challenging ourselves to increase the ways we can build more curiosity that leads to more learning agility. Now, Normally, I don't do a lot of ads, but as I've mentioned in a couple of past episodes, I've been thinking about ways to monetize She Said, She Said podcast so that I can do more to help bring you even more content and even more amazing guests, but it takes money. I'm really, really selective about which ads and partners that I pick, as you probably already know, and I only share those products and services that I've tried and that I think are worth your time and attention. This week, I am pleased to partner with ASA, which helps identify would-be advertisers who not only make sense for She Said, She Said podcast, but more importantly, make sense for you, my listener. 
Asa has embarked on a crowdsourcing campaign to help build the only podcast network of its kind to truly help build the number of women owned and operated and hosted podcasts like She Said, She Said. Now, while women listen to podcasts at least 20% more than men, only about 28% of all charting podcasts are hosted by women. And I am quite sure that's not because we're not as good. Women also hold 85% of household purchasing power in the US. So there's something wrong with this dynamic. ASA is working to address that by creating more support for women who are getting into or hoping to get into the podcasting space. I actually interviewed ASA founder and CEO Marla Isaacson back in episode 148. I've included a link in the show notes for this episode where you can go back and listen and learn a bit more about Marla and her vision and what she's building at ASA, as well as a bit more a bit more about her career journey. Now, if you'd like to become an investor in Asa's efforts to become one of the first podcast networks to be owned by its listeners and members, go to startengine.com backslash Asa, spelled O-S-S-A. Again, that's startengine.com backslash O-S-S-A. There you'll find more information about the campaign and how you can join me in becoming an early investor. I hope you'll check it out. Now, friend, coming up next week, I'll be joined by the duo behind a fantastic personal and career reinvention program called Camp Reinvention. Dana Hilmer and Wendy Parati are fantastic, and I am excited to share them and their amazing perspective with you next week. If you are new to She Said, She Said podcast, please be sure to follow if you're listening on iTunes or subscribe if you're listening on Spotify or one of the other platforms. Also, I'd love to have your feedback on this or any of our She Said, She Said podcast episodes. You can leave me a review wherever you're listening. I'd be really grateful. Or you can reach me via Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Or you can use the contact link on our website. You'll find it in the show notes for this episode. Friend, I hope you found today's episode a valuable investment of your time. I look forward to hearing from you and hearing the ways that you work to cultivate your own curiosity and learning. I'll talk to you again next week. Until then, take care. She Said, She Said podcast is produced weekly by She Said, She Said Media.